Welcome back to the Dropouts Podcast. JT, Statman, they did it. Our boys did it. Did did we not say that we were going to? We, yeah, well, yeah. uh, I mean, yeah. Remember how (laughs) how calm I was before the game, you know? I don't know. Maybe that's going to be my approach from now on. I learned a lot about myself as a fan. In this season, we'll get to that later. But I, we can't. We did it. Not we. They did it. That team. You know. And it, uh, just like I said, you know, the other the other night when when we had our our uh, our preview, um, and I said that if we won, I was going to shed some tears. Uh. That happened. Oh, a hundred percent. And uh, I ain't ashamed to say it. I'm not ashamed to tell you this. And I'm gonna ask a question right off the top of the program too, because we we, we experienced two championships this year. What a year, right? What a freaking year! Yeah, Our Atlanta absolutely. Braves, huge huge Atlanta Braves fans. All three of us grew up being Atlanta Braves fans. You know, I I teared up a little bit when Freddie Freeman. Caught that last ball from Danzy Swanson to, to seal the deal and win the, the World Series. I yep. teared up a little bit. I was like, man, what a feeling. This feels great. This is great. But when I tell you there was a good hour after the game where I literally I couldn't do anything. I was so emotional after Georgia won that national championship. Because we're 10 days removed from that happening, gentlemen. 10 days. And it still kind of feels like not that it's not real, because it is real. But holy shit, we did it! Like mm-hmm. it's here. We they did. They got it. They finally. I'm still. I, I'm still on cloud nine. I oh, mean, dude, th- nothing's I, nothing's bringing me down off of this cloud. Yeah. Yeah, and and I'm gonna continue to be that way. And like I said, I never. And and I've I've read a lot of people's you know. Uh, tweets that they had and seen some videos and stuff. The same thing happened with me. Uh, when uh, Keeley had the pick six, um, when he picked the ball off, that's when I lost it. I absolutely lost it. Oh yeah, because I we, didn't. We knew it was over. I didn't even realize. Didn't even realize. Took it back for six. Oh, I, didn't I did. Realize. It. I watched the whole thing because I have a tendency. I was in the floor in these types of games where I'm I'm standing up. Like I can't sit out. I'll try to sit down and then I'll get up and I'll move around. And my wife was sitting on the couch. I was standing up right in front of the TV when he caught that ball. She jumped up off the couch and run and just jumped, and I caught her. And I was watching the TV, and we, I was jumping because I knew it was it. I knew for some reason I, he's he's going to the end zone. Like nothing's going to stop him from going to the end zone. I it was I knew it, and I don't know. Yeah, I had no idea. I'm getting chills I had no right idea. now. I'm getting chills talking about it because I'm reliving the moment. It, it ah. I had no idea. 
I fell face I fell face first in the floor because I knew I knew right then I was like it's done it's over. So here's my question. I said I had a question to, to start the program, right? Statman, which one means more to you? Because this is a question that keeps coming up to some people, and for the most part, the answer's been the same. Uh, which meant more, the Braves World Series win, Bulldogs National Championship win? Okay. Um, uh, growing up playing baseball, you know, dreaming of playing baseball for the Braves. Um, I'm the weird guy that watches the draft every year and keeps up with the minor leagues and the top prospects and listens to countless, countless, countless baseball podcasts. Wow, you're way more in-depth than I am. I, I don't do that at all. I've never done that. Yeah, no, he's, um, he, yeah, he's straight-up baseball, dude. Awesome. Keeping up with, with Fip and Whip and Babbitt and Exwoba and all that kind of advanced metric stuff. Um, seeing the Braves – you go you go back to the years of Justin Upton and BJ Upton and yeah. ninety seven games and they, they they crapped the bed. Um and then you get then you get the the series against the Cardinals where the you shouldn't even went to a game five, but you get a game five at home and Fulton Evans gives up ten runs in the first inning. Yeah. Then you I get I remember that one. Then you get to 2020 and you get to the NLCS finally because you got a, a pretty much a bye in the division series playing the, the Marlins in Houston. And you get a 3-1 lead on the Dodgers and you, you crap the bed. And then then you get to this year and you you take care of the Brewers. You get up against the which Dodgers. Was, which was not easy, by the way. For those of you who don't follow no. baseball, the Brewers – here for the past what four or five years, Jared have been really good. Uh, they they've had some some up and down years, but this year they had the top three starting pitchers in baseball, okay. um, and the best closer in baseball. And um, they they take care of them. They they get up on the Dodgers and they get up two zero on the Dodgers, and then they go out to L A. and get punched in the mouth. And what do they do the next night? They come back and punch them right back. And it's I'm it's, it was the same it was the same way throughout the, the championship series and the World Series they got punched in the mouth and that's when you Georgia sports fan comes out in you well that's the one that's going to knock us out yeah. and it was the same way with Georgia you know they got hit in the mouth in in Atlanta you, as soon as Jamison Williams scored that touchdown you you just the Georgia fan came out of you said it was over on to the next one we hope we make the playoffs since Oklahoma State lost hmm. and then we have the god awful first half against Alabama, the national championship on, on offense. Defense played their, their asses off. They they get punched in the mouth on offense, and Stetson comes right back in the second half and turns into Joe Montana. Um, and it was, it's, it was the same way between the Braves and, and Georgia this year. They got punched in the mouth, and they didn't let it knock them out. And – as the long-winded of an answer as that was, um, to me, I, 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 I will take the Braves winning the World Series slightly over Georgia winning the National mm, Championship. Wow. Just because of how in-depth and how much more I pay attention to stuff like that. And I still, I mean, I, I pay attention to recruiting classes and stuff like that. But it's just, it's a whole different love for me for, for, the, for the Braves. No, I get it. I get it. I already know JT's answer. Yeah, you better know my answer, yeah, dog. Without hesitation. Without, <laughs> and it's the same as mine. Without hesitation, National Championship Bulldogs. I'll take that over 
this is you know, call me what you want. I mean, I'm a Braves fan, diehard, have been for years, but I'll take a natty win for Georgia over a World Series win for the Braves any year, every year. Give me that one. And that's not knocking what you I just said, say, man. I get it. Yes, I will say the same type of feeling came over me when Solaire hit the three-run bomb. The same type of feeling came over me when Keeley picked the nah. picked the ball off. I can't say that. It, it was it was it was the same kind of feeling. Stronger on the on the football, stronger on on yeah, the yeah. on the dog side, but it was just the same. I was just like I wanted just to run through a brick wall. Oh yeah, I, I you know I just I wanted to like let everybody know, hey, I'm here. You know, ah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. That home run, which still hasn't landed, probably got me <laughs> got me hyped and got me pumped. But I don't know, man. It's just something about. Georgia winning this national championship just felt personal. You know what I mean? It felt oh, like yeah. oh, oh yeah. man, it felt like I was on that field with them. I know I wasn't, but you know what I'm saying, man. I it just I don't know, man. Like you said, cloud nine. If there's clouds above cloud nine, those are the ones I'm on. I mean, it was just an amazing and and I tell you what it is. It's not just that Georgia won the national championship. I don't care who they would have played to beat them. I mean, who they would have who they would have played and beat, right? Make- so much sweeter that it was against Alabama. Doesn't it? And it was a revenge game. It was with Stetson Bennett, who everyone said, oh, wow, there's no way he can get this done. Not against Bama. It's not going to happen. Not against Bama. Most media pundits, no. The, the equalizer here for these two teams is going to be quarterback. And there's no way Stetson Bennett is going to outplay Bryce Young. And, yes, he did. We found out. We found out that Bryce Young does not like to get hit. And don't listen. I'm not taking anything away from Bryce Young because he played a heck of a game. And his receivers, admittedly, didn't give him very much help after Jamison Williams went down. Well, well you know, that's 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 the whole reason they lost is because Mechie and James uh, Jamison Williams was out. That's yeah, the yeah, whole I, reason I, they lost. I hear that, but at the same time, no one outside of Tuscaloosa. Feels bad for Alabama. They perennially have top five recruiting classes, monsters mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball, speed at receiver, cerebral mm-hmm. quarterbacks. So I don't buy that. I'm sorry. I don't. Um, coming into this season, they had the highest overall talent grade on the roster in the country. Yeah. They, they were number one by a landslide start, to start the season. Yeah. And that's not just the talent on the field, folks. That's total team talent. That's depth and everything. And that's, and that's what I tried to explain to, to some uh, Georgia haters, um, that their freshmen, you know, un, unfortunately they didn't produce. Our freshmen did. Yeah, so, well, that's exactly right. If we had injuries, just the same, you know, maybe mm-hmm. not one in the end game as significant as losing to Jamison Williams, who's a very good football player. And I say he's doing in the draft, oh. and I have no doubt he's going to have a heck of an NFL career, same as John mm-hmm. Mechie. But like what JT just said, our freshmen stepped up, man. Ed and I Mitchell, Brock Bowers, these guys did what they were supposed to do, and they made plays. You know, and we that, had, that is, um, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say we we had lost a little bit of confidence in AD Mitchell rolling into the postseason because admittedly he he wasn't great, but then he shows up during Michigan. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he shows up big time, big time, clutch catch, and a ball that was slightly underthrown, but he made the adjustment, man, and he caught that ball. And I, I, I told my wife then, I said, "Oh boy, we just—it's a game. It is for sure. We're not done. We're not rolling over like what Statman was saying earlier. We're not rolling over here. They're fighting." They're fighting for this. They know that this is it. This is the fourth quarter. That means this is it. This is this is where we are. You and, know, and so many people, so many people made a deal out of that 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 throw from Stetson. You know, being underthrown. Um, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, it wasn't a dime. All this kind of stuff. Well, this is the way I look at that. Um, the the year that LSU won it all Mm -hmm. they had premier premier receivers yeah and a quarterback that just found his stride when he left ohio state and came to lsu Mm -hmm. it it was the definition of lightning in a bottle yes but what did he do what did those receivers do they made him look good on 50 50 balls and and i'm sorry that was a 50 50 ball that Stetson threw then, and AD made a he made a play. hell of a catch yeah. and made the play. Listen, every you quarter, got to have those. Every quarterback underthrows. Bryce Young, Bryce Young, balls. Bryce Young underthrew the 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 chip six, the Keely Ringo. That was an underthrown ball. We were just in the right position. He overthrew Chris Smith when he intercepted that ball on Bryce Young. He overthrew. Mm-hmm. So I, mean, I don't want to hear, oh, he understood. And you know what? And most of the criticism, and we're definitely going to get to this on Stats of Ben, this coming from within the Georgia fan base. And oh yeah, spoiler alert, we are going to address you fans without mercy. Because quite mm-hmm. frankly, we've had enough. But what Statman said earlier, how much sweeter was it was that we beat Bama to win this national championship. I can't describe the sweetness because so many narratives were absolutely destroyed with this one win. One, we got the title. Finally, we got it. Narrative number one, you can't beat, Georgia can't win at all. Yeah, they can. And they just did it. And it's the first of many. This isn't a lightning in a bottle situation. I like, I'm glad you brought that up, Statman. LSU was lightning in a bottle. Proof positive. The next two years after that, nothing. Flat, dead. Yep. That's not how Georgia's built, folks. It's not. This was not lightning in a bottle. This, that everybody saw, the millions of people that watched that game go down in Indianapolis, that was not lightning in a bottle, folks. That was a product of hard freaking work, recruiting for years, the right coaching staff, everything. Culture. That's what that was. Some of the some of some of the some of the fans and and, and people I talked to um, for the national chips uh, national championship celebration in Athens were on the same we're kind of on the same page you know we're thinking the same thing is this is this is this is not going to be the last no this is just this is just the start and you know for the the people there were unreal I mean just I told you that you know we've been there on game days. It's it's crowded. Yeah. You know, people tailgating, doing this, doing that. When I tell you that there was a hundred 
130,000 people. There was 130,000 people. Oh, I guarantee it. And I'm sure that's a conservative amount. I've seen I've seen videos. I wish I could have made yeah. it to, to the actual celebration, but I'm going this summer too. Because uh, let me tell you all something. This celebration ain't over, dog. It ain't. It, it, oh, it's, no. not, it's not something that's just going to go away. And, it's going to continue. It's yeah. going to continue. But that's the first narrative. And obviously now these rival fan bases, I'm looking at you Florida fans, y'all actually have to come up with something intelligent now. And you're struggling to do so. The way some of these fan bases are coping with this win for Georgia is absolutely comical. Like it is you know, okay, it took y'all long enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's what you got now. That's where you are. It'll be another forty years. Oh, okay. That's where you guys are now? All right. You ain't got it no more. That's right. You know, and I have no interest in looking at a Florida fan saying two thousand eight because it's stupid. You know what I mean? It's stupid. Who cares? It, it absolutely is. <laughs> now, I will say this. You haven't been relevant since then, not even close. Mm-hmm. You've had multiple losing seasons. You've been through one, two, three, four coaches now. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't have anything for that. And that's one of the narratives that's been busted, and I've thoroughly enjoyed that. Thoroughly. One, one that has been busted to Florida fans, though, is that Kirby's a good coach. Because I've seen multiple tweets that Kirby still can't coach. I know, and again, this is that's part of the comical or the com the comedy of this whole thing is that they're still saying, "Oh, Kirby, he, he can't coach. He can't, you know, he, he quarterbacks. He can't figure he, that out, guys." Uh, he can't. He can't develop. He can't develop. If that's what you're saying, just know whoever you're saying that to thinks you're an idiot. I'm, and that's just the truth, guys. If that is what you are leaning on, still saying Kirby can't develop, Kirby can't coach, Kirby can't get it done, blah, zitty, blah, zitty, blah, you are coming off as a complete idiot. And people don't understand that. They know that. That's just that's a simple fact. I and mean, we're going to speak plainly here, right? You know why we're speaking plainly? Because we're national champs. Y'all can suck it. And we can talk that way too, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah, Statman's right. That's another narrative. Not the me. We didn't doubt it. You know what I mean? We knew there was a process happening here. But here's the other thing. Here's, here's And this isn't necessarily a narrative, but this is just one of the, the great things that I think is going to come out of this to kind of – and this plays into the long-term success I believe Kirby Smart's going to have as the Georgia football head coach. It's happened now. So not only is Kirby on the trail already – Ten days removed, this man has covered the state of Georgia pretty much from top to bottom, left to right, in the past few days. Guys, he's recruiting with a ring now. Mm -hmm. Y'all thought he was recruiting well before? Oh, snap. Y'all messed around and let this man get a ring. So now all this stuff he's been telling these recruits for years. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get it done. We just need players like you. Well, guess what? They got it done with players like them. And he's going to keep getting them, guys. Let me tell you, Saturday, he, he when uh, they had recruits there for the uh, for the celebration, they had him in the locker room. He was letting them hold the championship trophy, <laughs> and you could you could just tell, man, you could just tell they were eating that up. Yeah, and Kirby was loving it because Kirby for for it. years. Brent Venables did it, I believe. I think it was Brent Venables. It was somebody on on this past time, this past recruiting cycle, they had somebody visiting the Clemson campus. It may have even been Dabo. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, and they were showing the trophies in the little trophy room for Clemson's National Championships. 
And somebody made a comment, and it was one of the recruits that we were recruiting as well, Georgia, said, yeah, it's been 40 years since Georgia got one of them. They can't say that anymore. It is no mm-hmm. longer a negative recruiting tactic. All now, that is shot down, buddy. Yes, shot down, because, again, we're not done. Now, this is not to say that I, I'm not of the mind to say Georgia's going to repeat in 2022. I don't think that's what happens. I know it's way too early to start talking that way. But it's it's you know what I mean. It's hard to make that bet. It is. And we'll, as, as it, we'll, it's tough. It's tough to repeat. Well, yeah, no one's done it. Yeah. Alabama hadn't done it. They've had the opportunity, but they couldn't get it done. I don't know. I, I'm just the more we think about this, the more we, people got to understand. Georgia, Georgia's here to stay. Are other teams going to begin to rise up out of the ashes? Yeah, I think so. Tennessee, Kentucky. Florida even, with Billy Napier. Who knows what they'll look like yet. But it seems that he's having some success with recruiting and transfers. But there's a lot of teams that recruit really well. Ohio State, Michigan, Texas A&M, and doesn't come to fruition on the field, right? That's right. That's, 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 the, that's the only metric that really matters at the end of the day is what you do on the field. And Kirby finally did it. And he's got a ring now. But here's the other part of it. Now Kirby can tell these kids, look here, I told y'all, trust the process. We know we can win now. It ain't a matter of thinking we can win. We just did it. No reason we can't do it again. To me, in my mind, Statman, if you agree or not, that makes this team and makes Kirby that much more dangerous. Well, I mean... You you hit the nail on the head. He's recruiting with a ring now. Um, after Alabama won their first recruiting took off. Yeah, because they got to come in there on the visit, hold the trophy, take pictures with the trophy, and and say that they want to win one, too. And now you're letting Kirby, who's already recruiting at the top three level every single year, mm-hmm. get get guys to come in, hold the trophy, take pictures with the trophy, and and say, I want to win one here too. Guys from Georgia who grew up, Georgia fans grew up watching Georgia games, saying saying the same exact things. Yep. And it's, I mean, it's all, I won't say it's only up from here, but like like you said, they're they're not going anywhere. And Kirby said that after the championship game in, uh, what was it, 2017? Yep. He said, I think everybody sees that Georgia's not going anywhere, and here we are. Going to be a force to be reckoned with year in and year out, and they have That's been. Right. That's right. And, you know, Kirby's and still learning can, and, as a head coach, guys. He's still he's still figuring stuff out. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? He can, he can, tell, these, he can tell these kids, too, when they come in. It's like, yeah, you're, you're, you're holding that trophy. You're looking at that trophy. But you know what would be even better? You come, you come to Georgia, you'll help us win another one. Mm-hmm. I mean, kid, kids eat. I mean, come on now. Don't make me run through a brick wall right now. I'm telling you, <laughs> the chill is there. All right, so the <laughs> the game itself was phenomenal, obviously, but Statman hit the nail on the head earlier. The first half of that game, from an offensive standpoint, on both sides, uh, Georgia and Bama, over underwhelming at best. Okay, It was a defensive standoff. It was 9-6 to six going into the half. How were you feeling at the half, Hunter? I, I wasn't sure. I, I didn't know. I was good because I was like, all right, well, Georgia's defense is doing exactly what 
I thought they could do, should do, and would do. And they're getting to Bryce Young. They're locking down these wide receivers for the most part. Okay? They're getting pressure. They're not playing soft zone. They're playing press man. Right? Kirby got my email, apparently. And they, Stetson wasn't great, but it wasn't all on Stetson. It was also the fact that Alabama was playing really, really well on defense. Dallas Turner, that dude is good, and he's just a freshman. Yeah. Very, yeah. very good football player. One that I knew when Georgia missed on him in the recruiting cycle. I said, oh, man, I really wanted him. You know what I mean? Very, very good. As is Will Anderson. Will Anderson is as advertised, man. You know, Christian Harris is really good. I mean, there's no, there's nothing. I don't want to say that Georgia's offense played so bad, and that's why we only had six points. It's also the fact that Bama's defense was really good. They they stepped yeah. up. Now, did Georgia make some mistakes? Yeah, but I'll be honest with you. As far as mistakes go, Stetson really didn't make that many. And that's and that's what I was fixing to say, Hunter. When when we had nine, it was nine six a half. About three. Considering how we played the first half. And considering how close the game was, yeah, I felt really, really good as long as we took care of the football, didn't turn it over, and you know, just kind of controlled the controlled the clock. I really, I really felt that the odds were in our favor. I didn't feel um, really, really good. I just felt okay. I'm all right. I'm good. This is <laughs> this is this is okay. This is better than what it was December 4th, right? I now, have I will a say way I, better feeling. On the phantom, phantom fumble, they called on Stetson, um, and they scored shortly after that. I was like, oh, man, I, I had that gut feeling, you know, it was like, we we were letting another one slip away from us, but when yeah. they marched down the field, when they marched down the field again and just punched them in the mouth again, I'm like, oh yeah, it's yeah, this is our time. Yeah, you I, could just feel it. I'm kind of running back it. through some of my thoughts now because after the half, you know, we come back out, we we fell flat again, didn't do anything, blah blah blah. You know, they got another field goal. I think it was like twelve to six or something. 12-9 to nine maybe at whatever point. Yeah, whenever st- the, the Stetson fumble and then the fumble recovery, which I'm not convinced he recovered it, whatever. Uh, it is what it is. You know what? I'm thankful for this fumble, and I'll tell you why here in a minute. I'm thankful that it went that way. Um, whenever he come back out, Stetson did, after they scored that touchdown, I kind of like you, Jay, I said, you know what? Dang it. Here it is again, like what Statman, Statman alluded to earlier. The Georgia fan came out. I was like, "Frick! That that of course. That's that's it right there. That's the play that loses this cotton picking game for us. Yeah, that one right there." And then Stetson gets sacked after on the next possession, our next offensive possession. I was like, "Man, that gum!" And it was second and eighteen. And I, All right, awesome. Here we are again. We're gonna fall flat again on offense. We're not gonna get nothing rolling. That's when he threw that dime. I'm calling it a dime. I don't care if you think it is or not. To A.D. Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> right, we get we uh, no, is that it? No, yeah, that is that's the correct. But there was a touch. There was a time before that though, because Zeus had already punched one in. Right, because it was eighteen thirteen at that point. Whenever mm-hmm. we scored that that touchdown, 
I knew right then after AD caught that ball, I said, you know what? We're still fighting here. They understand what's happening. They're not laying down. They didn't make any mistakes. James Cook had a hellacious block on that play that allowed yes, Stetson to wind up and throw. I said, all right, we still in this. We still got it. Defense gets another stop. And then Brock Bowers, you know, and they, back up. I saw the flag come out on A.D. Mitchell. I was like, oh, okay, great, holding something on Georgia. Georgia fan was still out. Then they what, – what was that even called? I don't even – oh, it was a free play. It, it was a, it was a uh, on the um, – It was on the defense, yeah. It was, yeah. It was a free play, so it, it didn't matter. I think it were offsides. I think it were offsides. Yeah. Yeah. Was that what it was? Yeah, Stetson talked about it because the drive before when they had that – when when he fumbled the pass, yep. when, he, when he passed the fumble, um, he said that they were jumping snap. They did it on like two straight two straight snaps. So he said when he went back out there to call the play, he said they were going to go on two, and they called two go routes to George and AD. And uh, he just he threw it to the side where the pressure didn't come from, and he came down with the catch. I've got chills right now because of what you just said. I didn't know that. I didn't. I missed that. That right there lets you know the Stetson Bennett is not just a game manager. He saw that. He processed that. He put it in his back pocket, and he used it. And we got a tutty out of it. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I am so happy you told me that. that. That's awesome. Well, anyway, we get the Brock Bowers touchdown. 26-18. And had a flag on that one, too. Had a flag on that one. But it was hands to the face. Luckily, it was on, again, yep. uh, Jordan Battle, who ran that pick six back in the, you know, the SEC championship game. So, another one. Another touchdown. 26-18. I'm still not – all right, I'm still kind of like, oh, boy, there's two and a half minutes left. Frick, these guys score so fast. You know what I mean? It's going to be very difficult to stop them. If they get a, if they do get a touchdown, they're probably going to get the two-point conversion. We're going to go into overtime, and we're going to lose. Another thing about Stetson here is after they scored and they kicked off, he was going up and down the sideline, talking to his linemen, talking to the receivers, playing for two minutes here, playing for a two-minute score here. Talking and, his team up, being a leader. Yeah, he, he was letting them know, don't get comfortable with the lead, playing for a two-minute drive on the next drive to score and win the game. And, you know, yeah, chips happened. Well, I mean, you know, and then to be fair, too, Alabama's moving the ball. They were moving the ball. Latu yeah. was making catches. I want to say Jai Hall made a good catch. They were moving the ball really well. And the the ball that Bryce Young threw that got picked off by Keely Ringo, he wasn't even pressured. It was just good coverage. Yeah, it was just good defense on the back end. the The secondary that was much questioned stepped up, and Keely Ringo delivered the chip six and sealed the deal. And I'm still ah, I'm getting chills again. I can't stop thinking about it. So awesome. Just I, I wish I could have been there to hear that crowd noise and experience that. Because I can tell you, at my house, it was loud. The crowd noise. But I can only imagine what it was in person. But yeah, it was it was it was it was loud, also somewhat subdued because of the emotion. Yeah, I'm telling you, there was a there was a good and JT will tell you I was not texting in our group thread. I I was I was pretty much MIA, right? Yeah. Because I was just I was. I think, well, yeah, we all were. Yeah. I had put the phone down because I think you guys were ahead of me. So I wasn't I wasn't watching the messages. But even after the game was over, and I knew it was over for y'all too, 
it still took me a while to gather. You, I, I don't know. For, for those of you Florida fans, you don't know what I'm talking about because you haven't won a national championship in a long time. So <laughs> the feeling that was there, I, I can't describe. I, I don't know how to describe it, man. I, I imagine pretty similar to how Statman felt when the Braves won the World Series, but this, this, this euphoria that I've had, and there's literally nothing anybody can say that can take this euphoria away from me. I wish all Georgia fans were like this, but apparently there's still a a very small subgroup of fans that are struggling with this. I don't know why. We'll get to those guys in a minute. But you know, Kirby always Kirby always preaches. He always preaches about um, being more physical. Um, he always talks about you just keep chopping. Little by little, you keep mm-hmm. chopping um, execution and uh, no turnovers. We and, did and 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 I will say the the play of the game for me. What saved our ass was Keely Ringo running down Latu, not giving up on the play. No, that was Trayvon Walker. Oh no! I know what you're talking. I know what you're talking about. We're talking about two separate ones. Sorry, I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah. You're right. He chased he, him down. He chased him, chased him down, tackled him inside the ten, if I'm not mistaken. You're right, and we held them to a field goal. And held them to a field goal. The the play I'm talking about with Trayvon Walker was a great catch from a Jai Hall. He was, yes. he was pretty much wide open. He had nothing but space, and Trayvon yep. Walker came from, I don't know. I guess he came from. He's almost like he came from out of state. I mean, he just came into frame and just tackled him. Again, saved the touchdown. So yep. what you just said is very true, JT. I don't know how they picked an MVP. I'm glad it was Stett. But if you look across the board, just the, the performance from every position, Nolan Smith, just, yeah, just Dean, so many plays. Channing yeah. Tindall, Trayvon Walker, Quay Walker, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, offense, Jermaine Burton was one. Uh, Darnell Washington, his superlative blocking. I can't say enough about how, and I hope he understands that you don't have to be catching passes all the time to yep. have an NFL career. Because I promise you, they're watching that. And you'll be blocking Absolutely. in the NFL, Big O. Brock Bowers, I mean, just, Lad McCon- the list was on A.D. Mitchell. The offensive line. Actually stepped up in this game. I know there were some problems, but when Broderick Jones came moved. in, yes, when they made the move and Broderick Jones came in, much improved, especially in the run game. That big 67-yard run that James Cook had, that was another play that doesn't need to get overlooked. Very good. It was just there was so there was so many. It, it was just so hard to choose from. Um. I thought I thought the coaching was was really really good. Um, I thought the play calling was really really good. Um, defensively, I, I'll be honest with you, and I'll say it, and I don't care who gives me a rebuttal or thinks that I'm crazy or whatever. Um, our defense wore their offensive line down. Yes, they did. Hundred percent. Completely. Hundred percent. Yes, completely. Their center um, got pushed around a lot. Oh yes, absolutely, and we were getting in the backfield pretty easily. We sacked them four times, Bryce Young. 
That doesn't include the pressures. Yeah. That's just the four times. And one of those, and I love this. I love this play. It's been much talked about, and I, I love it. Uh, there was a play on the goal line where I believe we ended up holding them to a field goal yet again, um, where Channing Tindall and Nicobe Dean were lined up in the same on the same line, and Channing shifted to his left and run into Nicobe, and Nicobe got him. Yeah, fired. That, that was that was right after Keely Ringo chased Latu down. Was that okay? Yeah. So there's a sequence. Yeah, same and series. I, yeah. I saw it. In, I saw it live. I saw Nicobe. I saw the play happen. I saw Nicobe immediately get up and get after him, clapping his hands, getting in his face, and Channing, like the man he is. All right, I got it. I got it. The very yeah, he, next he, he play, it. and the very next play is when he got he made the sack on Bryshon, and was like a missile. Yeah, I I was hoping he would come back because I love Channing Tindall. I'm glad to see he's going to the NFL though. Since I sincerely am, uh, among the other guys that are going. But just this is you know, the the development that he's had in just year the past few years. The development of Channing Tindall has been unreal. Off the it's charts. been amazing. And I'm going to say this, too. Every single year, there's usually two to three guys that exit our team and go to the draft. Uh, some that's coming to mind immediately, Elijah Holyfield, uh, Jake Fromm even, um, mm-hmm. a couple others, that Isaiah Washington. Y'all remember him? Was that his name? Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, Isaiah, Isaiah Wilson. Wilson, yeah. Where'd Isaiah Washington come from? Isaiah Wilson, big guy, offensive lineman. Yeah. Um, they exit early because they want to get to the NFL. And they're like, oh man, they really need another year. Miko Hardman, even maybe possibly you could say Terry. You know, I don't think Terry Goblin had a choice, but just, there's always a couple, right? Mm-hmm. This year, for the most part, everyone that has declared for the draft, I'm like, yeah, I get it, hundred percent. I get it. I wish Trayvon Walker would stay another year. I wish Channing Tindall would stay another year, but I get it. They're about to get. I wish Quay Walker. I wish I wish Quay Walker would stay one more year. <laughs> but man, he made him some some NFL money, man. Because you know. Oh yeah. No, they all did. Yeah, for real. I mean, they, like the postseason did these guys well. Uh, Darion Kendrick, for the most part, all season was really good. The postseason, really, really good. He didn't allow a touchdown in coverage all year. Yeah. A Clemson retread. You know, I, I'm glad he ended up being a bulldog, and I think he made the best out of that second chance, folks. He really did. Kirby gave him a mm. shot, and he, he made the most of it. And there's a lot of guys that were losing on that defense that, you know, we're going to notice a, a difference in the defense in 2022, but is it going to be a def- like the difference like, oh, boy, this defense is suspect. This is not a good defense. Nah, dog. It ain't going to be like that. Is it going to be all world like we were this year? Probably not. Kind of hard and unreasonable to expect that, right? But guys, like yep. Robert, Robert Bill coming back, the leading he led the team. As, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize he led the team in sacks. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that. Um, a lot of a lot of key pieces are coming back for the defense. Nolan Smith being chief among them. Yes, uh, leader, and um, you know he's just he's going to be the uh, he's going to be the leader of that defense. Yeah, and. and- uh, also, I mean, we don't, you know, we don't have to get into the whole situation, but there's a slim, very slim chance that Adam Anderson could come back. I don't see it happening, but it, you know, it could happen. Yeah, it could. It very well could. And just think how big that will be. 
Yeah, because he was the team leader in sex before he went out. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Stan, man. I don't I think there's kind of a slim chance that happens. Probably not likely. But, I mean, it's just because it's not likely doesn't mean it won't happen. Right. And there's some, too, that I expected to go. Uh, John Fitzpatrick is one that I'm feeling, well, he probably could have stood to be in the other year, another year. But at the same time, he was kind of going to get buried in that depth chart. Let's be, yeah. let's, let's be real about it. Okay, Darnell is staying. Of course, Brock Bowers ain't going anywhere, and then you got Oscar Delp coming in. Um, so it was probably going to be hard for him to see the field. I think he did enough this year, as you know, in the blocking, where he probably earned himself some money. So I think we'll be I think we'll be fine, guys. I really do. I feel I feel good about it. Um, and you know, one thing we're going to talk about and get into. Um, I personally. I don't have a problem. I'm kind of happy that Stetson's coming back. I'm a thousand percent happy he's coming back. That's a perfect yeah. segue, Jay. Yeah. And say say he does get beat out. Brock Vandegrift, Gunnar Stockton, whoever it may be. If one of those gets hurt and we have a national championship MVP and Orange Bowl MVP sitting right there ready to go, is anybody really worried about Oh, Lord, what's this backup going to come in and do? Yeah, there's still people worried about that. That's what's so crazy about this. But they don't They don't know football. They don't That's, know football. What they also they don't. don't know is yeah. in the camps leading up to this season, Stetson wasn't rapping with the one, guys. He wasn't with the ones at all. Mm-hmm. He had to literally learn and go on the fly. Because remember, this was still a relatively new system. He This was his first true offseason with Todd Munkin in this system. Yep. 2020, you can't really count that because of COVID. So, like what Statman just said, if you're in that group thing and, yeah, well, Stat, he, he just, you know, he doesn't need to come back. You know, we, it's just it's like there's no – we're going to really sound off on UGA fans here because we're getting a glimpse as to why other fan bases really hate us. As fans, I'm serious because these guys are like they're just not happy. These are, these folks are miserable people. Like it's not just about football. Like they're probably miserable in their jobs. They're miserable at home. They're just miserable people. Can't be happy with anything. I, I can't understand anyone being upset that a national championship quarterback is coming back to lead your team again. Guys, he did something that Matt Stafford couldn't do. He did something Aaron Murray couldn't do. He did something. David Green couldn't do. And David Green, as far as Georgia's quarterbacks go, he's held in high regard, if not the highest regard. The same with Aaron Murray. I mean, the yeah. dude was the all-beating passer in the SEC by the time he left Athens. Jake Fromm couldn't do this. Justin Fields did not do this. I know a lot of y'all is probably raising your eyebrows right now. He didn't. He had the opportunity, did he not? He had the opportunity at at Ohio State to beat Alabama. And he got and they got their crap pushed in. Stetson Bennett did it. A two star walk on just did what a lot of quarterbacks at the University of Georgia could not do. And he's coming back with huge, huge expectations, but he has experience. But he's still going to have, in a lot of people's eyes, he's still going to have to prove himself. He, he, no, he, he not to me, he doesn't. He, he doesn't can, have to prove anything. He's, he can go 10 and 2 anything. next season, 
which I got to be honest with you, I don't see Georgia losing a regular season game next season. But let's just say they go ten and two or ten and four, whatever, whatever the you know what I mean, whatever the the season ends, I'm not going to be mad at him. I'm just not. To to the the there's people there's people saying and this is the only the only ones that I halfway agree with is why doesn't he just go ahead and leave now when he's on the top as top of the top as you can get because he's a competitor to Georgia football and that's that's exactly what I what I say in my head I mean he's yeah. he's a bulldog a competitor he he wants to spend if he could he'd probably spend the rest of his playing career playing between the hedges because he the dude is loves football yeah Hey, and gonna, he loves University of Georgia. We're going to take he a short break. We're going to take a very short break. We're going to come back, and we're going to finish this up because i got a lot more to say on Stetson. So y'all bear with us. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for sticking around. Hey, find us on Twitter. Follow us. Well, unless you're a Stetson hater, then in which case, piss off. Um, <laughs> and I mean that from the bottom of my national championship heart. I sincerely mean that. Uh, like us, subscribe to us uh, on, on our your Twitter, wherever, not on Twitter, wherever you find your podcast, subscribe to us so you see when we release dynamite new content like we are giving you tonight. So back to Stetson. Okay, he is coming back. He's running it back. You know what? Much has to be said about this because I'll tell you something, man. His parents said as much. His dad did interviews. His mom did interviews. The crap this man had to endure this season. And the <laughs> whole time he did nothing but everything was asked of him. Right? He did it the right way. And for him to say, you know what, I'm coming back. I'm going to do it again. What we said before the break, what you said, Statman, what you said, JT, he loves the University of Georgia. There is no better definition. When we say damn good dog, that's who we're talking about right there. Yep. Guys like yep. Stetson Bennett. I, I'm, so, I'm happy he's coming back. I'm on record. I've seen people slap the DGD tag on JT Daniels. Nope. While he did, oh. while he did handle the situation to being Stetson's backup very well, yep, helping him, you know, telling him what he saw, what Stetson could do different, yep, helping him out, helping him read defenses. He's not even in the same conversation, the same breath of air as he Jacob Eason. He can't be. Mm-mm. He can't be. Jacob Eason was a product of. He got injured. Jake Fromm took over. And he never got the job back. I mean, that's as simple as that. It's the same thing with JT Daniels. JT Daniels got injured, just didn't do what he needed to do to get back. And, you know, as the reports keep coming in, it seems like maybe, I don't want to say he gave up, but it doesn't seem like he had the locker room the way the Stetson Bennett does. does. Yeah, he lost it, for sure. Yeah. You know, and (laughs) there's a manufactured narrative out there that Georgia fans have made. And I don't know why. I guess it was just some way to justify their own stupidity. But after the SEC championship game, there was claims that Georgia players were on the sidelines begging for JT to get put in. And that's just not true. Well, how do I know that? I'll tell you how I know that. Multiple players and parents have spoken up and said, yeah, that's that's not true at all. That never happened. Never. Let me tell you something. A locker room that gives up on their quarterback is not behind them while he's giving an after-the-game interview. And you, they literally crowd of players, Stetson, we love you. 
That's what was happening. Mm-hmm. That, but that's a team that gave up on their quarterback? Really? Some people are just too dumb to really understand. I, I don't know. And that's what it is. It's, it's stupidity. It's dumb. It's just dumb. But yeah. It's just people just wanting to start a bunch of crap is what they're wanting to start. That's, I mean, yeah. that's it in a nutshell. I don't get it, man. Like, and I don't want to get it. I don't want to understand why people think this way. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't care to, to understand what goes into that thought process. Of, yeah, he won us a national championship, first one in forty-one years, but he's no good. There's better behind him. How do you oh, know and that? My, yeah, and my thing is, is, and I've seen a lot of this too. Stetson's coming back. Well, well, he ran off our best receiver. No, that's not true. That, 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 and I'm like, no, there's been I'm whispers like, of this no. for months. There's been whispers of yes. that for months about Jermaine Burton. We'll get to him in a little bit in that situation. He's been, he's been unhappy all season. But so, like, yeah, to say, to say something, to say something like that, I mean, just just that kind of thing right there. But you can't, you can't be, you can't be happy with a national championship with with a, a, a two star quarterback walk on. What a story! To a national championship. I mean, how, how is, can you not? That how makes can you it not be happy that makes that? it even better, right? Am I wrong in saying that that we did it without a five-star quarterback at under center? That we literally just did what we did, what they did. They just did what they did on that field against Alabama. Fourteen and one, undefeated regular season with a two-star quarterback, a walk-on, who left and then came back. What a story. That's what movie – that's a movie script, guys. I yeah. guarantee guarantee you'll never, ever see this again. And no. if you do, it'll be a very long time because the, the closest guy to do it was Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. And yeah. <laughs> guess who played Baker Mayfield leading into the Rose Bowl? Stetson Bennett on the scout team. Yeah. That's when all the – that's really when all the hubbub about Stetson Bennett started to come to surface was how dynamite yeah. he was. Uh, that's when you – of how much everybody loved him. Yeah. Because they, 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 the defense gave all the credit to him as far as yeah. containing preparation. Baker. Yeah, they, they gave him all the credit for all their preparation. So I'm going to piggyback on something uh, Statman just said a little while ago by JT Daniels. Not that we don't like him, not that we don't appreciate him given what he gave to Georgia. Uh, but I won't ever call him a, a DGD, a damn good dog. And that's not because he's not good. It's just he didn't work out. Okay, and I hope he goes somewhere and he's very successful. But if I had to guess, and I do have to guess, so I'm guessing wherever he transfers will not be in the SEC. Because I got to be honest with you, I don't think he can handle the speed. Mm-hmm. He's not mobile enough. Not speed in regards to brain. He's very smart, very cerebral. But I don't think that he can handle the SEC defense speed as far as pass rushes. He can't. He just can't do it. Matter of fact. Uh, as far as somebody threw up a stat today, side-by-side stats with Stetson and, and um, JT Daniels, as far as Georgia stats go, and he was negative in rushing yards, like almost negative, negative 90. What does that tell you, folks? One, he doesn't rush. Two, he got sacked when he was under pressure. Mm-hmm. Three, What's aside that? from that, yeah. aside from that number, all the other numbers were identical. Darn near, except Stetson edged him on on a few things. Uh, touchdown yep. passes, uh, they had the same exact amount of interceptions. Let that sit in, folks. 
right? All these, you, one of the crap on stats that Ben about the interceptions he threw, they had the same amount. And I'm, I'm, last time we got on here and talked after the Alabama game, I said that you need to get JT Daniels ready and he needs to play in the playoff. Yeah. I'm stupid. I'm <laughs> no, no, I, I, dude, listen, I, I understood what you're saying because there's, this is a busy, Michigan was a physical football team, right? There was a chance they were going to get to the quarterback. Anytime your quarterback gets gets hit, there's a chance they get hurt. All right? So it's reasonable to, to have, want to have somebody ready to go waiting in the throws. Because at that stage in, in the season, right, you got to say, all right, dude, listen, you're not effective. We're going to have to put somebody else in. Like, that's what you have to do. That's what it means when you say pulling out all the stops. That's pulling out all the stops. That's putting Tua in. You know what I mean? Because Jalen Hurts isn't isn't working out. Or the next year, that's putting Jalen in because Tua isn't working out. Those are the hard decisions you gotta make. So it's not that that was stupid. I get it. What I what we're calling stupid is oh well, JT could have won the national championship better. I guess that's what they're thinking. I don't know what. I, I don't know what Stetson had to do anymore other than what he did. I'll throw you something outside too, something Jamie Goodman said on a, a Brooks Austin broadcast where he got a bunch of guys together to kind of talk about the game. How many Georgia quarterbacks have thrown touchdown passes in the national championship and won? None. One. Stetson Bennett. One. Well, yeah, one. But before that, it was none. Zero. But Ballou. I think Buck, I think Buck Ballou had one completion against Notre Dame. One out of seven. Yeah. He threw it seven times in 1980. And he completed yeah, one. Herschel pass. Herschel ran the ball every play. Yeah, he did. <laughs> but that's but that's what we're saying. Look at that. That is a very empty room that is mm-hmm. occupied by one guy. One. A two-star welcome. He got it done. Got it done. Something else Statman said, uh, a lot of folks are saying, well, Stetson needs to go out on top and he's right off into the sunset. Something Graham Coffee said today, again, on another Brooks Austin broadcast that I watched. And I like what Graham says here. What? Why does Stetson have to leave for one of these other quarterbacks to become the starter? He doesn't. Because like no. what Statman said earlier, we get into spring, they start repping. If Carson Beck is the guy that's rising to the top, guess what? He'll be your starter. If Brock Vandergriff shows up, it lives up to his potential, his hype as a five-star quarterback. And he plays in practice better than Stetson, better than Carson Beck, better than Gar- Gunnar Stockton. Guess who's going to start? Brock Vandergriff. So the best quarterback, whoever that is in 2022, that's going to be your starter, folks. It's not a foregone conclusion that it's going to be Stetson just because he comes back. It's going to be an open competition. There is no guarantees on a Kirby Smart Coach football team. You know how I know that? Jermaine Burton. Jermaine Burton didn't leave because of Stetson Bennett, folks. He left because he wanted guaranteed, like he wanted X amount of touches per game. That has been something. He wanted to be, he yeah. wanted to be the premier guy. That's right. what he wanted. And I get it. You want to be the feature dude. I understand. Cool. We talked about this a little bit off air. We're going to bring it back up. Uh, here towards the minute. I have no ill will to Jermaine Burton. I don't. I'm, I'm, I hope he goes somewhere and he's stellar. 
Um, I, I want him to have a great career. He's already had a good career. He's already had a good career. Okay. But I think I think he saw the writing on the wall too with how well AD Mitchell and Lyle McConkey performed this year. You got Brock Bowers coming back, Big O's coming back. You got Oscar Delp coming in, and you still got and guys like Don Blaylock. You got guys like him and this big dude that has transferred everywhere that is rumored to be playing next year, named Eric Gilbert. Yep, and he's a former five star, mm-hmm. number one tight end slash receiver, whatever. He's listed as a wide receiver on Georgia's roster, so there's that too. You got all these guys coming back. And he just – I think he saw the writing on the wall. And I, I can appreciate Jermaine Burton to an extent because yeah. he didn't get middle of the season when he wasn't getting his touches. He stayed. He played he hard. Stayed. He played hard. He he ran his routes. You know, he caught the ball when it was thrown to him. Pat, he he blocked when he needed to block during the run game. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. He made that fantastic catch in, in the Orange Bowl against Michigan. Uh, you know what I mean? I love Jermaine Burton. I wish he was still – you know, he's not gone yet. He may stay. But – like JT said, he wants to be the premier guy. He wants to be the feature wide receiver. Okay, cool, but yeah. listen, you're not going to tell Kirby Smart, listen, I want this amount of touches or I'm leaving. He's going to say, well, okay, I'm not guaranteeing you anything. You will earn your spot. And it's been rumored for months now that he's not been happy with how often Georgia rotates wide receivers. Now, do I would I like to see a little less rotation in the next season, 2022? Maybe. Maybe, maybe that happens. Maybe A.D. Mitchell cements his spot. Lad McConkey cements his spot. Uh, Eric Gilbert finally comes to fruition, and he cements his spot. But at the same time, there's no reason for a wide receiver to be on the field for 60 minutes when you don't have to be. Yeah. That's not a balanced offense, right? you you, you got to give you guys some breaks, okay? The other thing about this is I don't know why wide receivers feel like they have to be getting 1,000 yards per game. Does that help to the NFL draft? Sure, it does. But I guarantee you there's a lot of wide receivers that are really good wide receivers in the Sun Belt Conference or the American Athletic Conference with 1,000 yards per game that aren't necessarily better than some of these wide receivers in the SEC or the Big Ten that don't have 1,000 yards. I mean, Am I making sense of what I'm saying? It, it's, it's the NFL. If if you have talent, they're going to find it. They're going to see it because, you know, you have a pro day. You have the combine. You have senior right. bowl game. If you have talent, NFL-worthy talent, they're going to find you. Those gaudy numbers doesn't necessarily equal dollar signs. They're right. still the combine. They're still – we talked about this off-air before we started recording. Bill Belichick could give a flip if you get 1,000 yards in college per season. If you ain't no good at blocking, he's probably not going to draft you. I get it. There's 31 other teams that might. But Bill Belichick is looked at as like Nick Saban. He's the GOAT as far as NFL coaches go, right? He wants players that do things the right way every aspect of the game. He looks for those he looks for those the the old saying is he looks for those diamonds in the rough. Well, not just that. And, I mean, and he, he finds them. He's not just going to take a wide receiver just because he's really fast and can and is going to get a thousand yards. If you're just doing that, like that's all you're doing, and you're missing blocks, which stifles your run game, 
Well, guess what? You're probably not going to play on the Patriots. And he's not alone in that. Now, I'm not no. saying that Jermaine Burton will never get drafted. Of course, I think he's a first-round talent. I really do. I think he's that good. And again, I'm not. you're not going to hear me say that losing Jermaine Burton isn't a significant loss for Georgia. Of course it is. You don't want to watch. You don't want to lose that kind of talent, right? I, you don't. So that's not what we're talking about here. We're not saying, oh, it's not that big a deal. It is a big deal. But is it is it a deal that is going to damn Georgia to the depths of a 500 season next year? No. You know why? Because, they haven't even made What's that? They, they, Georgia hasn't even made any moves in the portal yet. No, and they're gonna. But Kirby Smart, yeah. if anybody's figured, look, first of all, Kirby Smart has definitely earned the benefit of the doubt here, right? He's also very methodical with his evaluations. He just like he's now got to replace the wide receiver coach. It's not something he's just gonna do overnight. He's gonna take his time. He's gonna vet. He's gonna look. He's gonna he's gonna fill these guys out. And right now, as a reigning national champion, you're gonna get. I don't want to say you're gonna have to pick up the litter, but there's gonna be kids that. If you're interested in them as the Georgia Bulldogs right now, they're going to listen. They're going to give you that opportunity to recruit them and get them on campus and possibly get them to sign on your team. So, you know, another guy that another guy that we failed to mention a while ago um, in this receiving core is Arian Smith. Yeah, Yeah. you're Um, right. But he was injured. Coming back, being being healthy. If he if, if if the kid can stay healthy. And that is well, but he, he yeah. felt he this year he was absolutely torching the secondaries, he was, yes. But that's something else that people got to remember, too. Jermaine Burton was hurt a lot, like he had like he had a pre he had a spring injury where he hurt his knee, he buckled his knee, right? That kept him where he, in Kirby's words, he missed like 80% of reps heading mm-hmm. into the season, and then he had uh, another injury with an ankle, I think he had a high, a high ankle sprain. He completely missed the Auburn game in week four with – or whatever week that was with a, a, a groin injury. I think he had a hamstring issue too, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, he, he he stayed hurt. I mean, and that's not his fault. But I guess my qu- – I don't know. I'm, I hate he's leaving. I hope he finds another team. Rumor is he's probably going to end up Alabama. But my question is, what happens when you go to your new school and you're still not getting what you want? You know what I mean? And, I, and we're going to talk about the transfer portal um, probably on another episode because that's a whole episode worth of content, man. Because I guess a sneak peek. <laughs> I'm okay with these kids having the ability to move. I sincerely am. I think it's good for them. Case in point, Jalen Kimber. He has transferred. He's going to Florida. I don't like that, but you know what? I like the fact he's getting an opportunity because, again, the writing's on the wall. And a lot of times what happens here, folks, you got to remember, they're not just jumping ship because they want to. They're jumping ship because they have to. Undoubtedly, there was a conversation with Mr. Kimber. Hey, look, listen, man. It's probably going to be really hard for you to get on the field here outside of scouting. You may want to look at other options. I'm not saying that's what happened. I don't know. I could be. I could be way off base. But because I was really excited about Jalen Kimber, you can listen to some of our past episodes around that recruiting cycle. I liked him a lot. I met him on campus. Really great kid. And I ho- I wish him well. I hope he plays lights out. Except for when we play him in Jacksonville. I hope he has. Well, I, mean, I hope he has the worst game of his life then. But 
before he got hurt, he was he was going to be the the other corner opposite he was. side of Kingo. But the, the the condition that was, he had to put on some size. He was he was small. As far as talent goes, they said technically, one of the best ones. So you again, you won't hear me or JT or Statman spin. Oh, he wasn't that good. No, he was. He was very good, very good. Florida got him a good one. But then, then again, I'll, I'll, I'll say this too about that, and 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 we we talked a little, you know, off air about this also. Um, I agree with you in the transfer portal. It 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 Something's does work for some kids. They have to. They have to limit something. They have to um, put some kind of restriction on it. And Jalen Kimbers, um, in his situation, I, you know, the kid, the kid just didn't. He did didn't everything pan right, out. man. He he loved Georgia. He did everything. He right. did. He did what he was supposed to do. But my thing, Hunter, is this: is even though it doesn't work out the way you want it to. And you transfer to another Power Five conference school just because you didn't make the playing field. Yeah, you 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 should not be allowed to immediately play the next. See, I, I don't know if I agree with that necessarily. Uh, we can go ahead and get into some of this. I'm fine with that. Statman, I, I think you probably don't necessarily agree with that either. Um, no. Uh, the the way the way I look at it, um, there should be a deadline, time period. I do think month, that needs to happen for two sure. Months where you can enter your name, and if you don't have a destination picked by that time, then your name gets pulled out. You have to stay at school. Um, yeah. Because I'm gonna tell you something right now. If you look at the transfer portal, there are more kids than there are spots on these teams. That's a yeah, problem. Yeah, it's, it's it's insane right now. Yeah, that's a problem. Some of these kids, some of these kids won't be able to. They they won't have anywhere to play next year. Yeah, because they left because they thought they they had a chance somewhere else, and that chance didn't come to fruition, and yeah. they won't be able to play college football next year. Whatever they come up with, it has to be. It has to protect the player for sure. I, I have no issue with kids seeking better opportunities because if I don't like my job, guess what? I'm going to go try to find something else. I've done that before in my life. But those things have consequences. Those things have a domino effect, a ripple effect, if you will. Right? They do. This is the transport is no different. So I, I do think these kids need the opportunity to be able to say, you know what, I, I, I think I need to go somewhere else to maximize my potential. Amir Speed comes to mind. He has been on George's roster for a long time. He doesn't. I don't think he should have to sit out one another precious year just because of that rule, you know what I mean? Well, I, yeah, and that's uh, and I mean, I we're, we're I guess we'll just disagree on it because yeah, yeah. I just I uh, I just yeah, you did. You made a choice. You committed to a school. Um, right. Yeah, there was other players that were, I guess, more athletic. You know, for whatever reason, they made the playing field. You didn't. Right. Um. And if you're transferring, like I said, if you're transferring to another Power Five conference, just because of the the reasoning is, you know, I just didn't, I just didn't get on the playing field, you know, because I just, I didn't make it, I wasn't good enough, or whatever. 
okay, sit out a year, get developed or whatever you want to, and then maybe the next season you'll be ready for whatever team you transfer to. But when you do that, listen, when you do that, when you transfer to that second school, that's it, bud. That's your chance. That's your opportunity. You can't move from school to school to school to school. There's that. That's where the restrictions. Yeah, be. I, I would agree with that well, part. They do, they do have the restriction where if you transfer for a second time, then you, you have, have to sit out a year. Yeah. Yeah, but unless I mean, unless a you're a graduate time, transfer. Yeah, a second time. I mean, come on, man. No, I, I agree on. with that part too. But here, here's where I'll, I'll kind of push back a little bit on what you're saying, and I, I believe me, I get the sentiment of what you're saying. But I don't think it needs to be this blanket policy. Like, there's a lot of nuances. There's going to have to be some thought put into this. And Greg Sankey's going to spearhead this thing. He is not going to let these teams – Brooks Austin said this too. Greg Sankey's not going to let these teams eat each other alive. He's not going to let the transfer portal ruin college football. I believe in yeah. that. There's going to be rules. But there has to be some nuance to these rules. And what I mean by that is I think personally there has to be – it has to be case by case because not every case is the same. We'll look at it right. – we'll, we'll take these two different names. Jermaine Burton. Okay, and I'm not singling him out. It could be anybody. I'm just using him because that's the most recent example that affects us. He started his first year in 2020. Mm-hmm. He started this year. He's had significant mm-hmm. playing time, significant mm-hmm. exposure. His reasoning for leaving is not playing time. He just wants more. NIL, I'm sure, is playing a part in this. Something else in these regulation, and it will get regulated, guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, but I, in his case. If I'm the governing body and I'm looking at this and Mr. Burton, yeah, okay, you want to transfer? I'm sorry to hear that. Um, good luck at your next school, but it's you were playing at your current school that you're transferring from. So you really don't have a valid reason outside of like a hostile environment, which that's not what this is. That's not what it is uh, at all. Well, yeah, nah, we're not going to open that. Way. We're not going to open that can. But what I'm saying is, it, you know, if you're going to claim hostile environment, surely you got to provide proof, blah, 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 all this stuff. We'll get it, you know, that's that's a can of, <laughs> that's not a can of worms I want to open. <laughs> but <laughs> what I'm saying is there has to be, all right, sorry, yeah, you're going to have to sit out a year because you had playing time. In the case mm-hmm. of someone like Justin Robinson, he's already spent a year or two on campus, okay? He hasn't cracked the lineup. He's gotten very minimal playing time. He's only got X amount of years left to maximize his college opportunity. I don't think it's fair for him to have to give up a year of eligibility because he hasn't played. He's transferred to Mississippi State. I have no issue with him becoming immediately eligible. None. Zero. I don't really have issue with Jermaine Burton either, and that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if they're going to regulate this, they're going to have to do it properly. They're really going to have to sit down and think this thing out because they really wasn't a whole lot of thought put into the transfer portal when it first came about at all. They just right. opened the portals. Here, jump in. You want to go somewhere else? Go. Yep. Statman, what say you? I feel the same way that you do. Um, the, uh, you look at Justin Robinson. He, he came in as a he's a highly touted recruit. Uh, he's not gotten the chance to to get some playing time for whatever reason. You know, not not enough weight, not not knowing the playbook. Whatever it is, uh, yeah. whatever it is. I mean, I, I I feel that if coaches can leave and coach right away, then a player should be able yeah. to leave and yeah. play right away. And it's, it's, it's like, I agree with the one time transfer rule, but if you transfer again, I also yeah. agree no, that you have to. Yeah. 
I think we're all aligned with that too. Moving multiple times, unless you're a graduate transfer, that's just too much. Okay. Now the whole coach argument thing, I get all that, but remember I said there's a ripple effect to all this stuff. When a coach leaves, there's a lot of money that's spent for this. Like there's a huge ripple effect on coaching staffs on both teams that's involved. It affects players. It when a player leaves, it doesn't affect other players as much as a co- when a coach leaves. Like a position coach, like Cortez Hankton in this case, moving on to LSU, taking a lateral transfer, took a raise, a three hundred fifty thousand dollar raise. Good on him. I hate the losing, but he's going home, Louisiana. I hope he does well at LSU. I really like Cortez Hankton. Uh, Brian Kelly got him a good one. But in that case, it affects some of the recruits that he recruited at Georgia. So there's more. There's a, a larger ripple effect when a coach leaves, right? He's got to move his entire family. There's money that's being spent. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? There, there's all this this legal stuff that's happening in terms of contracts and, and all this fun stuff. That's not necessarily happening when a player leaves. You know what I mean? So that's kind of, to me, it's not this, It's a false equivalent. It's, it's not the same exact thing. Yeah, I but, know what you're saying. But. And, some of these, and some of these kids are, you know, I mean, you, you've got – and Hunter, you know this. Jared, you know this. Um, parents will tell their kids – whether they're in the band, whether they're playing baseball, whether they're playing yeah, football, yeah. you know, they'll tell them, Oh yeah, you are, you're, you're great. You are so, you're, you're the best, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, you get it in the kid's head and then they go to a school and they find out, Hey, I'm, you know, what happened? I'm, you know, I thought I was this good. And this is, you know, these coaches got to be blunt and honest with these kids. Sometimes they look, you know, I, no matter how much you think you are, we've coached you, you know, you're, you're a good kid, you know, good attitude, hard worker. You just don't have the physical attributes for the next, um, for the, for the big league. You just, you just don't have it. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of these kids, that's what they're trying to seek. They're trying to seek opportunities to get in the league. And it's, it's just not going to happen. Um, but going back to the whole coach thing, um, the the Cortez Hankton, uh, you know, I, I do. I wish him well. I hate it that, that he's going to, you know, uh, SEC um, opponent. But, you know, it is what it is. He's part of Brian Kelly's foul molly now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it uh, – really, I really, you know – it's, it's, it's different for coaches, for sure. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, but also, with coaches and players, like we talk about restrictions being on the, being on the players, they've got to, they've got to have some kind of restrictions on these coaches. Also, um, I know that it's, they do it for a living. They're trying to make a living. This is how they provide for their family. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, just like us, you know, changing jobs or whatever. But it just seems like coaching, you can just move wherever, whenever yeah. you, I mean, you want to um, if, if the other school has an opening or they, or they want you. I mean, because the other school, I mean, they recruit coaches just like we recruit you know, players for the, for the yeah. school. And I like what Statman said about there needing to be a window of time for these kids to declare, yeah, yeah I want to leave transfer portal. I think there needs to be something similar. 
to coaches too. I don't think it's fair that at any moment in time somebody can call up and say, hey, I want you to come join the staff and, the, and, a, and a coach can just jump ship mid, mid-season. Yeah. It, it doesn't really happen that often. But Dan Lannon's a good example. Kirby Smart's a good example. You know, they, they got contacted before their the team they were on season was over. Luckily, it worked out for Alabama when before Kirby left. They won a national championship. Luckily, it worked out when Dan, before Dan Lannon left. He won him an, he, we won a national championship. So, but it can still cause distractions. That's unnecessarily. That's unnecessary. Um, you know what I mean? Because I'm sure, guaranteed, Dan Lennon, he's excited. You know, head first time head coach, Power Five team in Oregon, pretty much an open checkbook. I mean, come on, who wouldn't be excited about that? Luckily, he was focused. How, yeah, and how cool of him. Because because he did not have to stay. No, he didn't. He could have didn't left. have to. He could have left. Yeah, but he did it the right way. He, he he didn't want to leave the guys. He wanted to win a championship, and now he's got a national championship that he can be recruiting with. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and for the most part, coaches do the right thing. And the, I'm not saying these players are doing the wrong thing. They're not. They're doing they're doing what's right by them. I don't want their opportunities to be limited. That's not what we're saying here. But just like anything else, it can't be a free-for-all. There has to be regulations. There has to be limits. There has to be rules in place that not only protect the players, but also you got to help protect these coaches too. Because mm-hmm. did you imagine having to always manage a moving target? I mean, well, it's like what Kirby said in the interview after the national championship. He's kind of nervous about the future of college football if this goes unchecked. Absolutely. Eventually, these good, really good coaches, these leaders of men, are going to lose interest in this, in the college football sport, or the sport of college football, because they don't want to have to manage NIL. They don't want to have to constantly re-recruit, and that's what's happening, man. Players that's yeah. on these mm-hmm. teams, contributors. It's one thing when a a, a three deep kid decides to move on, but it's a whole other thing when you have starters saying, "No, coach, I'm ready to move on." Well, he's having to re-recruit these kids. I mean, that's I wouldn't want to do that. Oh, no. I, I wouldn't. Absolutely not. You know, but I also understand these kids, though, feel like they're getting their due, not necessarily credit, but they're, they're I don't know what it is. They, they want more that they're not getting at their current school. They're not happy. And I understand some kids get homesick, man. Some of these kids, like Kendall Milton, he's thousands of miles away from his home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes a kid just gets homesick, man. You know, and, and the instance is like Luke Ford. He wanted to move back home to Illinois because he had an ill family member. All right, I, I I get that. I think Demarcus and Bowman, the NCAA, yeah, the NCAA denied him immediately. Yeah, eligibility. that was crap. But and like Demarcus Bowman, when he left Clemson, I think he had a sick family member. He wanted to be closer to home. He was from Florida. He transferred into Florida. You know, I'm okay with that because those are extenuating circumstances. That's why I say it really does need to be case by case. Like it shouldn't yeah. be a cut and dry thing. All th- all variables have to be considered. That's why I said there's a lot of nuance to this that's going to have to be looked at. And I believe the man for the job is Red Sankey, and luckily he's probably going to be leading the charge because personally I think all the other AD or um, not ADs, these other commissioners and these other conferences are pretty much incompetent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, good talk. Got in the transfer portal oh, absolutely. A sooner than I anticipated. Well, folks, thanks for coming and hanging out with us. We hope you enjoyed the show. Hopefully we'll be doing another, celebrating another natty win soon enough. 
Um, we'll get into – we'll see how the offseason plays out. You know, spring's right around the corner. I can't wait. I will be going to G-Day uh, this year whenever that gets announced. I cannot wait. Our uh, national mm-hmm. signing day is right around the corner in February. Georgia is expected to pick up some more recruits. we got some guys that haven't – that are committed that have not signed. Dylan Bell, wide receiver. Uh, Darius Smith, right down the road from where I am in Batchley, Georgia, another four-star player that are committed to the Bulldogs, just have yet to sign. And then a couple other ones that haven't committed that are making their decision in the National Signing Day, Tristan Miller being another one, who's a really, really good defensive lineman that I hope Georgia gets. But I believe he's got his, he's got his choice of suitors at this point. So, well, guys, that was fun. Hope you enjoyed talking. Absolutely. Absolutely. Heck Love yeah. talking, man. Heck yeah, Love man. Love shaking it up a little bit. Yeah, we'll take a little bit of a break, you know, enjoy some time, enjoy the national championship win. Uh, the dust has kind of settled on the season. There's going to be some, you know, of course there's going to be news and everything that comes comes about, and when there's stuff worth reacting to, we'll we'll put some content out. But uh, we're going to take a short break, you know what I mean? We're not going to take a long, not going to take a long off or anything, so. Y'all look for us. And, again, subscribe to our podcast so you see when we do release new content, and we really appreciate it. JT, tell the people goodbye. Man, uh, missed you tonight, CB. I uh, hope you can be with us yeah. on the next one. Uh, and uh, in case the folks didn't know, uh, fun fact for the Dropouts podcast tonight, and we were just talking about it, did not realize that this is our 41st episode. How about that? Take that to the bank. 41 <laughs> episodes, 41 years. We're starting over at zero. <laughs> That's right, buddy. And uh, I'm still I'm still on cloud. Don't know when I'll come off the cloud. Um, I've got my national championship attire on as yep. we speak. I don't intend to come I, off. Nope. My bank account is, is uh, recuperating from all the national title apparel <laughs> that I got. Um so uh yeah uh after saying that i mean you know what else is there to say but guys enjoyed it um everybody out there in uh, twitter land and everywhere else uh, y'all live life to the fullest and as we always say go dogs yes sir stat man that was the longest sign off i've ever heard in my life <laughs> um live and learn baby <laughs> It's a lot more fun to come on here and talk after Georgia wins the national championship. We right. should we should do it more often. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm I'm ecstatic. I can't I can't wait to see what all happens this off season. Um, a lot of coaches left, so that means a lot of transfers. So it should be a lot of fun. But mm-hmm. I guess I'll talk to you guys next time and and go dogs. As usual, guys, we really appreciate you. Thank you so very much. It was a fun season. Looking forward to the next one. Stay tuned and go dogs.